talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview. And welcome to this week's episode of the Artist Interview. I'm your host, Gordon T, and it's my absolute pleasure to get to talk to people from the world of contemporary Christian music uh, from, well, I say the world, all around the world, but amazingly this week, we're going back to somebody whose roots are in Hawaii, and we were only in Hawaii for the very first time quite recently when we talked to Chris McCall uh, from YWAM Kona. Um, but this guy's a guy who, well, he's got an amazing story to share and some great music. So um, let's hear this first track right now, and it's from an artist called Thunderstorm Artiste. This is Take Me to the Fire. Take me to the fire. And that was Take Me to the Fire from Thunderstorm Artiste. Uh, Thunderstorm, it's great to have you with us here on The Artist Interview. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I've got to say, we broadcast this show in the UK. It also goes out in the States and Canada and Australia. Um, but you're not very, very well known in the UK, which I do apologise for because your music is fantastic. <laughs> I've really enjoyed listening to it. Uh, it'd be great if maybe oh. you could share with our listeners a little bit about your journey, who you are, where you've come from, uh, where Jesus fits into the... The floor is yours, sir. All right, sweet. Well, first off, I want to say, like, yeah, I'm, I'm not hurt at all that I'm not big in the UK yet. I can't wait to get over there and play some shows and get to know everyone. Um, a lot of my favourite artists come out of the UK, and I just love what you guys have going on over there. Um, but to share a little bit of my story, my name is Thunderstorm Artis. It's my real name, actually. I'm from a family of 11 kids, six boys and five girls. And I had two loving parents who really taught me the love of Jesus um, before I knew anything else in life. Um, and so I just grew up going to church. I grew up like singing worship music, singing like gospel songs. And But when I was 13, I think I went through the most transformational time of my life. Uh, my father passed away suddenly. Um, and then I was just faced with all these different questions of like who I am, what's the purpose and why does, why does it seem like God takes the good people away? And, um, and then I was really faced with this deeper thought was I, I started to understand that my relationship with God was rooted in my father because he was just such an amazing, um, Christian figure for me. Um, so when he was no longer there, it was hard for me to, to connect. And then I talked to a good friend of mine and he said this line that changed my life. He said, um, God doesn't have any grandchildren. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, you can't get into heaven off of the love of your parents for God. He's like, you gotta have a relationship yourself. And so then I embarked on that journey when I was around 14, 15, just wondering like, what does God mean to me? Who is God to me? Um, and I found myself at a door of this church and um, this pastor invited me in. And that was the beginning of my life, just taking a turn that just was for the better um, from a place of depression and darkness that I was in going through just that much loss. And then learning that there was a place for me, there was a love that I never understood. Um, and man, I'm just so thankful for the journey and all the things that I have learned thus far from it. And that's a little bit of my testimony and my story. But ever since then, I've been on mission trips all around the world. I've been to Brazil, I've been to the Philippines, I've been to Mexico. Um, and I just try and I learned, I started playing music since I was super young. and so. 
I started to learn that I can use this gift that I knew came from God and I can use it as a powerful force in this world where there's so much crazy music out there in the world. I was just like, man, I want to write songs and perform songs that come from my heart, but have like seeds from the gospel that when people listen to it, that they can go back and just think and rehash these songs. And so Take Me to the Fire was just really um, a transformational song for me. This is one of the newest ones that I released. And it was just the idea of just kind of like this, just, you know, just being refined. Um, as I'm growing older a little bit, I just had my first kid and I'm just looking at life from a different perspective and being a father and just seeing that, man, like um, you always see the term that life is short, but I start to learn that life is long. And so the things that you do now will matter in the future. And so just trying to be a great example to my kid and everything. And um, But I'm just thankful, man. I'm thankful to God. I'm thankful that um, the lessons that he has taught me, I'm thankful for just every night and day that I'm able to, to rise up and be here and share my story. So Gordon, I just want to thank you for bringing me on here, man, to give me the opportunity. I don't get to do this very often. Oh, honestly, it's an absolute pleasure. So here in the UK, we we had you on uh, the new music update quite recently, and uh, we were chatting about it afterwards and said, you know what, really great music. We should we should have this guy on, <laughs> even though we didn't know much about it. We thought it's worth seeing what he's got to share. And um, I've got to say, I'm really sorry to hear about your dad, but amazing that that word that person had for you about God having no grandchildren. So um, yeah. and that just making such a difference. That's that's really good. Could I just rewind a little bit? Because you said, yeah, you're one of 11. Was it yeah. six boys, five girls? Was it that way around? Yeah, six boys, five girls. I'm number seven. Okay. That is quite a large family, I would have said. So uh, <laughs> what is your most favorite thing about being one of 11? And what is the most challenging thing about it? Oh, man. Well, let me start with the most challenging thing. The most challenging thing is that my family, we're all very passionate people. So we love to argue and we have things we call family politics. So that's probably the most frustrating of it. But the, the best thing about it is that um, we're all, all 11 of us are all Christians. Um, all 11 of us really hold each other accountable just as I'm living in a very worldly space in the music industry. I have three siblings of mine who are also in this industry. So being able to have that community and that accountability has just been so amazing because you have these people that have known you before I was anyone, before I was anything. Um, and so just being able to do life with these people, um, they're my best friends, man. I, I grew up with this quiet, introverted kid and these, these dudes, man, had just changed my life. So every day I talk to all my brothers, every, um, every other day I'll talk to some of my sisters and we're close even now that I'm like going on 27 years old and my oldest brother is 36. Um, but we all keep in touch. I was just on tour with my oldest brother and that's just, that's a special thing. I think I learned an important lesson from my father before he passed. He taught me that, um, no matter what you go through in life, family is forever. Um, and that relationship is worth the work to put into it to keep it a good thing. So we'll have all these different views, whatever. And um, I know there's someone watching the show, you know, you can just argue with your family, you forget why you're even arguing, but it's important to like really forgive and understand that like, you know, God loved us at our lowest and it wasn't because of anything we did that he forgave us. So just remembering to give that same forgiveness to our family, the people that really matter the most. and. I think that has just been an amazing catalyst for all 11 of us. I mean, it's, it's hard enough having just two siblings, but having 10 siblings, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's quite the journey. I, I, I can I can imagine. It must be hard trying to remember birthdays and things like that as well. I, I That would be a nightmare for me. But um, OK, now your dad, um, in fact, your family generally, I think you've mentioned being musical, but your dad, is it true that he played 
was it keyboard on the track Thriller for Michael Jackson? He worked with Michael Jackson on Thriller, um, laying some keyboard tracks and whatnot. I'm not sure in the capacity of how much of it was on the recording. I just want to preference that. That is something that um, my team has put in my bio. So I'm always like, I want to let everyone know, like, um, <laughs> yeah, my dad. I, li I like your accuracy on it. So okay, yeah. So he was involved. He was involved to some level, but it may not be him actually playing the keys that on the bit that's. But recorded. he was involved in it, and my dad was involved in a lot of um, the music industry, especially a lot of the Motown music. He was in this group that was called Shalimar way back in the day, and then um, he was just doing a lot of things behind the scenes in Motown when they moved from Detroit to LA, um, and that's where he actually met my mom. My mom sang opera and jazz since she was 10 and was in the music industry. And they met and they decided to have a crazy bunch of kids and teach us about God and music. Wow. But you were brought up in Hawaii? Yeah. Okay. But where do you live now? I live in Oregon, actually, um, this area called Beaverton. So it's just about like 30 minutes past Portland, if you've ever heard of that. No, I've heard of America. <laughs> That's good I have, enough. <laughs> I have been to the States quite a few times, but yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not familiar with that place, but it sounds like a nice place to be. So, um, okay. And with, with your sisters and brothers, are, are most of the musicians these days? Yes. Um, I mean, in some capacity, all of us still do music, but there's probably about like four of us who do it full time. Um, and so I'm really okay. blessed to be able to have those siblings that like we're able to just push off each other. And that's just, you know, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. And what instruments uh, do you play? So my um, growing up, we had an interesting theory as a family. Um, my pops always taught us that talent's like water. You can pour it into anything. The only thing limited it is yourself. So he's like, when God gave you talent, he didn't say you were a drummer or you were a guitarist. He was just like, he gave you talent. So the only thing stopping you from learning whatever is in front of you is um, a four-letter word called lazy. So he's just like, just get up and learn it. So <laughs> wow. I play about nine different instruments um, and I, I love it. Each one kind of allows me and the same thing with genres of music. Um, as you probably listen to some of my songs, there'd be this plethora of different sounds and influences. It's, it's just growing up on just understanding that every genre has a different way of kind of, I don't know, ministering to your life. And I think that's why like even like the Christian music that I do, it's not your traditional like worship music. It's because um, um, another lesson that I always had said the gospel is the word. Gospel is not the genre. Um, so it's just like you can play whatever genre, but you got to put the gospel in there. And that's uh, and that's the way you're going to reach the masses. And so that's what I try to do with my music. And, and I have really enjoyed listening to your tracks because one of the things you mentioned there is, is different influences in the variety of stuff. It, it didn't it wasn't every track sounded the same at all. But the one thing that was constant was your voice, which is absolutely stunning uh i've I, I really really enjoyed listening to um and I, I don't think i'm going to be alone in thinking that obviously the people who've heard your tracks just now are going to go wow great voice but also you were on a certain tv show weren't you yes i was oh man well, go on tell us tell us about the show what were you on i was on the voice um in america and it was such a surreal crazy experience i was on team john legend and then nick jonas um, I made it all the way to the finale. My opening song was Blackbird by the Beatles. And I mean, that whole experience really just changed my life. And it was just such a crazy thing. And um, about two years ago, I got to do that. And now, I mean, after the world has opened back up from COVID and all that stuff, it's been really good to get on the road and really play these shows and be able to play with some really massive bands and some really beautiful venues. Wow, I'm, what an exciting thing. How does it even come about? Because I, I imagine it's quite hard to get on the shows. Is it, is it 
is it that there's just lots of interviews and auditions or is it that somebody who scouts people out finds you? How, how does it work? Um, so it's a little bit of both, actually. Um, and so, yeah, you're right. It's very hard to get on these shows. I mean, thousands of people audition and then it kind of windows down to about like 140 people. And then it just keeps dwindling down from there. Um, I was actually scouted for this. Um, I got to long story short, um, I'm a big video game guy. So I was playing my favorite video game. I finally beat it and I was so excited. And then I realized that I didn't accomplish anything in life. And so I packed up all my instruments and I like, it was when I was, I was pretty young. So I, I packed up all my instruments, got on the public bus, went down to my friend's store, set up in front and then just played a couple songs on the street. Um, and this gentleman um, by the name of John Chu, which was the director of the movie Crazy Rich Asians, In the Heights, the, um, all these crazy films, um, he was passing by, listened to me play for about an hour, and then asked me to perform for his wedding and write the song for their first dance. So what? Yeah, it was crazy. So it was like um, a lot of everyone you can think about was at that wedding. It was really crazy. It was such a surreal experience. And, um, and he... Um, talked on my behalf to the voice and told them, hey, you guys should look up this guy, Thunderstorm. And, um, and I had no idea. It was like, unbeknownst to me, and I'm on tour and I get a message from NBC. Um, someone has requested um, us to look into you and we love your music, love your sound. If you're free, come down to LA and um, audition. Um, so I went and did that, went and sang three songs and didn't hear anything for three months. So I was like, oh, okay, I guess not. And then, um, yeah, then they called up and then I just went there and it was just the most amazing, amazing, crazy experience, the hard work, a lot of hard work, but um, just so thankful. And if I had the chance to do it over again, I would 100%. And I recommend it to any young artist really wanting to test the merits and just see if, you know, if they have what it takes to kind of put understanding that you're not defined by the outcome of what happens there. But um, another thing that was really cool was that about 70% of the people related to The Voice were all Christians. So it was just an amazing spiritual environment. Like I remember my first audition getting together with all the rest of the contestants and praying and just like knowing that, hey, like whatever was gonna happen, God's just gonna be in it and it's gonna be crazy. Um, and then um, me, my good friend, Todd Tillman, who is actually a pastor, he's the guy who won that season. And then my other good friend um, was the other runner up. And so it was just really cool to just see how much God just had a hand over that entire season of season 18 of The Voice. and. Um, it was just crazy. It was good getting to know John Legend. I got to do a show with him after the show and it was just, it's just crazy, dude. I don't know how else to say. I say crazy like five times, but it's, it's, but I think that's an appropriate word to use because that is absolutely extraordinary. I mean, if you're just, I, so you're playing the video game. If you're not completed the game that day and it's taking another week to finish whatever game you're playing, you wouldn't have been down there at the store just at the moment that the yeah. person's walking by. It's so it's, cool. That's a really uh, extraordinary story of God opening doors. And also, I didn't know that 70%, roughly 70% of the people uh, who are on The Voice, you're saying are Christians. Yeah. How's that happening? What's God doing there? Man, it's amazing. From what I heard is the guy who started The Voice is a Christian and they do a very good job at not like, um, not diminishing that like Christian flame in the contestants. Because you see it a lot in a lot of shows, like if you're a Christian and you go in there, the one thing they want you to do is not to say God, not to talk about your faith and really want you to kind of more so give it a bad name because they think it's going to be. But I mean, there was there was even a time where they were like, hey, if you guys want, because we had to stay in this hotel throughout the like a month and a half, they were like, if you guys want to have church, we can designate a room for you guys. You guys can all get together and worship. And, and I was just like, man, that's such a thoughtful thing for such a big enterprise to be able to do something like that. Um, 
for us. And so I, I just thought it was the most amazing thing ever. Wow. I've, well, I'm super impressed. Uh, and uh, it's nice to have a little bit of an inside story from uh, from your experience there. <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad that uh, they respected your faith and treated it well. And, and actually sounds like they honored yeah. it. So, so that's um, kudos to the voice, I feel, at this moment. Um, okay. So um, could you tell me maybe something from in your life where things have gone wrong, not your father's situation, but things have gone wrong, but God's turned it around and put it right? Wow. No, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, there's a lot of times where things have gone wrong. You know what I mean? I, I, I grew up dealing with a lot of things. I was, was homeless for a bit in my life. Um, I went through a lot of just emotional trauma and things like that. And how, how did you end up being homeless? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, we, as a family, we used to, we were very successful. And then before we knew it, it was just like the, the rug was swept from underneath us and like finances were just in the mud, um, whatever. And so for three years, we just kind of were just, you know, we would like, we we're living at campsites, we were living in things and we just knew God was going to provide. We knew something was going to happen, but we just, we would just work and work and work. And, and we just didn't know like where, where the end was in sight of it. And for me as a kid, this is when I was younger, um, as a kid, like, you know what I mean? You don't, you don't know better. You don't know what's going on. You don't really understand, but, um, I remember watching, I remember watching my father um, on his knees every day and just praying. And I was just like, man, like, like we're in this craziness and this is what you choose to do. Um, and that was the, I think was another earliest influence for me. Like, wow, that's an example of faith. It's just knowing that, hey, God is gonna provide and there's a reason for this season. Um, everything happens for a reason, I think, because when I think back, there's a lot more other things that I've experienced, but this is a story that I think is important. Um, when I think back on that, all these things, I always say that God doesn't cause the bad things that happen in our life, but he redeems it for something amazing. And I think because of that experience, he put a heart in me for just people who are dealing with like houselessness, you know what I mean? Or dealing with like not knowing purpose. And so I got to be a part of these ministries that got to go and actually work in some of these homeless camps and minister to these people and have an understanding in the sense of like, I mean, a lot of people, when they see someone on the street, they just see a homeless person or someone who needs money or someone who's going to go use that money for something bad. But um, that person like has a name, that person has a story and usually something really bad that happened to them that landed them there. And it's hard for them just to get a hand to reach out to, you know, really help. And so I got to be a part of these ministries that uh, you were talking about YWAM and um, Honolulu. Um, I worked with YWAM. I worked with this other group that was called Surfing the Nations and then the Salvation Army group that was called Revolution Hawaii. And so we would go into these bush communities is what we would call them. Um, it's like these families because the property and things in Hawaii are so crazy expensive. So a lot of families just can't afford to live there anymore. And they're working five to six jobs, but it's just not making ends meet. And so they would live in these bushes in their tents. And so we, me and a bunch of my friends, we went just to learn how to minister to these people, went, slept in the bush with them, got to know them, prayed for them and did healings, got to see a lot of things and just minister to his families. And it's, I think because of my experience and the hardship of things that I've been through, um, even now as a 26 year old, I'm, I'm learning that, man, there's, there's a lot of walls in my life because of a lot of the pain and things that I have endured. And I found that it's important to find people that help you kind of chisel those things down slowly by surely. Um, but man, it's just, it's just crazy to understand that God is, God is more than, 
everything that I've been through. Um, and I understand a friend told me that um, evil is alive. Um, and he's, he explained it by saying that like, since you were born, there's a promise over your life that God has put there. There's a purpose for your life that God has put there. And just as God knows the future, the devil knows the future of where you're headed. So he's gonna do everything in his power to interfere with that. Because he doesn't have power, so all he can do is manipulate you to be your own worst enemy. Um, and so when I look at a lot of the things that I've experienced through my life growing up, I understood that, hey man, that was an enemy coming at me, trying to stop the favor that or the promise that God had over my life and the purpose that my mom, my dad, my friends knew that I was supposed to be doing. And so, I mean, like even here, the things that I'm doing now, I would never have thought this was possible at age 15, 16, 17. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was living from this place that it was my job to empower others to go chase their dreams because my dreams just weren't worth it. And I wasn't worth it. And I just felt a worthlessness in myself just because of all the things that I experienced, all the things that I was dealing with. And, you know, when you're dealing with like depression and things like that, you you can never look in the mirror and see the good there. You just look in the mirror and see all the problems. And so I started to realize that, you know, I'm, I'm bigger than those problems. God has made me bigger than those problems. And um, I think getting married was such a special and important thing for me that really shifted my perspective and showed me that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to show that pain. And you don't always have to stifle it down because it's like the darkness hates the light because it reveals all that which is hidden. That's the scripture that has always just resonated in my life because it's like, you know what I mean? If I bottle up these things, like speaking to whoever's listening to this, if you continue to bottle up those things and wear a mask around your friends and your family, like you're doing fine, I mean, you're not doing anything but allowing that stuff to fester and grow. And so I think when I started to be able to pull back the blinds on just all the inner bits of what made thunder thunder, um, I just start to really experience a freedom that I've unlike anything in my life. Wow. Wow. What, what a story. And uh, great the way that God brings freedom uh, from the things that otherwise hold us back. And as you say, the enemy loves to use to trap us. Uh, we, you know, we've, we've got another track that we need to hear in a moment, but I want to just hear a little bit about, about your marriage. How long have you been married now? I've been married now for two years and a half. Uh, beautiful wife, her name is Faith. She's actually from Australia. Um, so I got to go down there to the Gold Coast where she's from. Um, she's amazing. We both sing worship together for our church when I'm not on the road. and. Um, yeah, I mean, we just had a little boy named Ezekiel. He's about three months and a half, and oh man, he's a ray of light. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what, maybe later on we can find out how you met your wife. But before we do, let's hear this second track. Tell us all about the backstory for The Prayer. Yeah, the backstory for The Prayer, um, it's, it's quite simple. Uh, I grew up, like I said, like once I hit the age of like 16, 17, leading worship in churches all over Hawaii um, for Bible studies and whatnot. But if there's any other worship leaders here, you can understand like, you know, there's sometimes where you're you're volunteering for these things, or then you're kind of voluntold for these things. And then there's a turn when you stop relying on God to show up and you start relying on your talent and you, you stop relying on God to you know, make the set list, what we're going to do here for worship. And you start to just say, this is tradition. This is what we've done. And you just get in the workness of it all. And I was just convicted one time um, when I was leading. And I was just like, man, like I've been in church for so long, but I haven't really been here. And I was just like, I'm just doing a disservice to God. I'm doing a disservice to the congregation. I'm doing a disservice to myself. And um, the song, the prayer came about actually as a my prayer. 
which was asking God to just give me one more chance, one more opportunity to do a right over. And so if you listen back to the lyrics of the song, as you as you guys hear at this time, you start to hear it's more of like a cry of my heart unto God, just, hey, let me do this right. I I understand and I've recognized that I've been doing this wrong for so long. Give me a chance to turn this around. And that was The Prayer by Thunderstorm Artiste. And I'm very pleased that Thunderstorm is still with us for the artist interview. Thunderstorm, thanks so much for all that you shared uh, from your heart. Really do appreciate it. It would be wonderful if at this moment you'd be happy to pray for our listeners. I'd be honoured, um, Gordon. Yeah, so, um, hey guys, let's just get into a posture of prayer. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. Just, you know, put your spirit there. And um, I hope you guys receive this. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, um, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. We understand, Lord, that um, you don't need us, Lord, but you choose us. You've chosen us before we even knew you were there. You've chosen us before we've even acknowledged you were in the room. So, like I said, um, whoever's listening, whoever hears this, whether present now or in the future, the Lord, that they would open their hearts to you. That they would understand that you have a calling over their life. That they would understand that they're more than the voices that they're hearing in their heads that are telling them that they're unworthy, that they're not enough. Um, that they would know, Lord, that you, you've knitted, you knitted them together in their mother's room. Lord, you chose who they were going to be. You knew what you were doing when you created them. So, Lord, I pray that they did not um, fall short and allow the enemy to pollute their brains, pollute their spirits, pollute their souls, Lord, but they learn to understand your love, Lord, and your forgiveness and your peace. I also pray for an empowerment for the strong Christians out there, man, that have, have a fire and have a zeal, Lord. I ask for just like a furnace to reunite them, Lord, to empower them to go out and share your gospel to the ones in need. Um, I ask for the, for the fathers and to be great example for their children to understand that they get to be that reflection of Christ for them. I pray for the mothers, Lord. I just pray for their strength and their perseverance through the hardships that they face. But I pray that you would just anoint them, Lord. You anoint them with the Holy Spirit, with such wisdom that it only be coming from you, Lord. Um, Lord, I just thank you that you love us, Lord. You love us so much. And I hope that whoever's listening to this understands that, that you genuinely love us, Lord. You love us like a love that we can never understand, we can never phantom, we can never comprehend, Lord. You have chosen us, Lord. You're, you're seeking after us. You're running towards us, Lord. Um, I just ask that the Holy Spirit would just fall anew upon all those who are streaming this, all those who are listening. I ask that the Holy Spirit would fall anew upon Gordon, upon me, and then really empower us to go forth into this world and be shepherd and be fisher of men, Lord, to be an example and reflection of Christ 
we focus to be more like you and less on the fruits of Christ. Lord, um, we love you. We thank you for your mercy, for your grace, for your peace. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much indeed, Thunderstorm. Uh, if you're listening and maybe you're thinking, you know, I'm not really sure I know this Jesus that Thunderstorm and Gordon are talking about, just want to invite you to, if you're in the UK, go to www.findachurch.co.uk because there are many churches that would love to help you know more of God's love. And if you're listening on one of our partner stations worldwide, connect with the station and just say, can you please recommend a great church for me? Because I know they would love to do that. So that was an epic prayer. Thank you very much. Um, and you know, there's got to be people listening who've gone, yeah, I've lost someone close to me and they've been inspired mm. just by hearing you share about actually the way that God turned that around and helped that to, to put within you a desire for you to encounter and have that relationship with God in the same way that your father did. And if people are listening going, oh, I just, I would like that, but I don't really know how to even start on it. What would be your advice to them? Hmm. Allow yourself to really feel what is going on i mean like i think i made the mistake when my pops originally passed like thinking that you know those emotions weren't that important I, I stifled them because you know being from a family of 11 kids i had four younger than me so i was like i need to be strong for them and, and didn't allow myself to really go through that pain and that grief but that pain that you're feeling is just um you making room for them to live inside you i mean I think that's important to acknowledge and understand that it's okay to feel those emotions. It's okay to cry when you feel like you need to cry. It's okay to, you know, to, to be, you know, angry sometimes. It's okay to feel those emotions, but to understand that, like, um, we strive our whole lives to get to heaven. And the only way we get there is, you know, sadly by passing away. And so there's a peace in that too. There's a victory in that. And when I acknowledge that, like, I was able to make peace with, you know, losing my father, who was an amazing, godly man, I mean, was a great example for me in my entire life and has lessons that I remember now from when I was 13, when he passed. And I remember now at 26, going on 27, that I hope to impart upon my kid um, and that I get to carry on the ministry that he was doing. And I get to carry that into my life now. Um, so just remember that, that, you know, God is good, even when we don't understand it. Um, God is good even when it doesn't make sense. Um, and then God has a perfect plan for everything that's going on and it doesn't have to make sense in our brains. We just got to have faith. Um, and that's easier said than done. So I'll be praying for whoever's hearing this that's going through loss, that's going through difficulty of grieving. Um, but just remember to feel those emotions because those are important. Um, and those are godly emotions to feel. Um, so I hope that helps in some way. And if you ever feel a need, feel free to reach out to me um, on my Instagram or anything, and I'll be sure to reply. I always do. I love to talk to people about just their journey and whatnot. So just as Gordon has reached that out, I'd love to reach that out as well. That's really a kind invitation, Thunderstorm. So um, Instagram, where, where would, what's, what's your handle on there? If you just look up my name, Thunderstorm Artis, I think I'm the only one. So <laughs> the only one is quite a unique name. But you see, you can speak into that situation that I haven't experienced what you have, but but you can speak into it because you've been through it. And um, and actually, you're right. God, even if you can't understand the situation you're in, 
God is still good, he's still trustworthy, and his love's still available. So um, so I hope that will be an encouragement to some people. But what a great invitation. Reach out to Thunderstorm in person, look him up on social media, uh, and he will reply to you. So that's that's very kind of you. So I, I said earlier on, we'd see if we could find out about how you met your wife. Yeah. So you said her name was Faith. How, how old is she? She's actually 26 as well. Okay, so the same age. So, But you, she's, she's Australian. You're... <laughs> Uh, Hawaiian upbringing, living in the States. How did, how did the two of you meet? Well, it was, I mean, it's a funny God story, man. God just loves to just, you know, show up when you least expect it. Um, I was on The Voice and because I got four chairs turned to my plan audition, they flew me back to Hawaii to shoot Backstory. And while I was there, I did a concert with my oldest brother and Faith and her whole family came to that show. And I was wearing, I have this hoodie by this, um, this company called Captus Society. And on the back, it says, serve God in really big, bold letters. And so she was watching me on stage and she said, when she saw me, she felt like, um, God said, that's going to be your husband. And she was like, no, nah, I find that very hard to believe. Um, and so she just, just had this inkling while she was out on holiday. She was only in Hawaii for about two weeks or so. And so she just felt that. So she on, from Australia? From Australia, she's, she went there. She's on holiday for two weeks. You happened to do a show with a t-shirt that said, Serve what, God what? on it. It says, serve God in bold serve letters God. on the back of my hoodie. I, I wasn't cool. supposed to be there. It's another one of those moments. I'm just not supposed to be in that place and I'm, I'm, I'm there. And then um, I was actually supposed to be in the UK for the first time. I had this whole trip planned to um, London, to Finland and to um, Sweden. Um, and then uh, we had to cancel that all to fly to Hawaii to shoot this stuff only because I got four chairs turned. Um, and so she saw me and then we've chatted briefly after the show. But then afterwards, I left on another small trip and she got to know my family, my sisters, my brothers and everything. And and then she just kind of pursued me over the, those weeks and kind of bringing it back to my heart was just so callous. I was just not in a place to even see anyone pursuing me. Um, and she was just, you know, she's determined, man. Those Aussies, man, they don't give up. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to call her a stalker, but I mean, she, she was persistent. She was persistent. She wasn't stalkish. That, that was good. I was like, because she came right out and was like, yo, God said you're going to be my husband. I was going to be like, me and you were praying to two different gods, I think. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, she's, no, she was very polite and very respectful about it and very caught my interest in, in the conversations that we did have. In my profession, usually people want to talk to me about music or about like how my voice sounds and all these different things. And more so she would talk to me about what I felt was God's calling over my life. What did I think about just perspectives on just like different things in the world? And I was just like, wow, this is, this is, you know, refreshing. Um, and she's also an amazing looking woman. I mean, that's, I just want to say that. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we got to know each other. She extended her trip. Her family went back to Australia. She stayed in Hawaii for an extra two weeks. And in that time, we just realized, man, like we both want the same thing. I'm not someone who just sleeps around and messes around. That's not part of me and not part of my family. And so, and that's the same thing for her. And so we were just knew both that we felt like God was in our relationship. Um, and so two months after that, I flew to Australia and asked for a hand in marriage. And two months after that, we got married. Well, that's a great story. I'm really glad <laughs> I asked. So we could have missed out on hearing that. So, so yeah. basically you knew her for about a month and then two months later you went out, got engaged. And then two months after that, you were married. That is unusual. 
but you're smiling and it's yeah. two and a half years in and you've got a, a, a little baby as well. So congratulations to yeah. you and, and to Faith Thank as you. well. That's, that's epically cool. Love it. Okay. So, but in the middle of the story, there was, there was obviously some disappointment, big style, because you gained a wife, but you lost coming to the UK. I, 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 I am trying to balance that up quickly. It broke I, my I'm, heart. I am saying probably getting the wife was, was a better deal. But it means the UK missed out. Yeah, I think I'm, so. I'm glad you think that. So, so coming to the UK, then is it something you're planning to do in the future? Is 100, 100%. I mean, I've, I've been talking with my team about it. We're just looking to see if there's venues and people that are interested. As you said, like I'm not as big in the UK yet, but I mean, even if it's just for a visit, I'm hoping to make it over there potentially next year. Um, UK has always just had a special place for me and my heart. I just always just love the music and I love how organic it is coming out of the UK, at least for an American living in America, where I feel like a lot of our music can be over commercialized and in the UK, I feel like just there's still a realness and a rawness out of their music. And it has been for, I mean, generations. And so as an artist, I've always respected the craft that has come out. Well, I don't want to say I entirely agree with you, but I probably entirely, agree. I'm biased. I, what can I say? So, so who, who are the grass is always, the grass is always greener on the other side, I guess. Well, except for it's very green in England because it rains a lot. So, uh, tell, tell me the, the bands in the UK, who are the bands that at the moment you particularly are enjoying listening to? Um, I mean, you definitely have, uh, this is artist named JP Cooper, who I love has been a huge influence in a lot of my music. There is also, um, Jacob Banks. If you guys know who he is, is another up and coming artist that I really love. I mean, and then of course, growing up on the Beatles, like they've, I mean, because of them, I was on The Voice and made it through my blind audition. Yeah. And I've been listening to them since I was, you know, just a wee child. Just, uh, we just had this little cassette of their, uh, their, their work called uh, Help, that album. And it just really ministered to my life. And just in music, there's so many great songs that have come out of there. And there's, this is, I can go on and on with artists that have just really influenced just what I do musically. And it's, it's just really cool to just see that rather than, you know, some of the, some of the music we got going on in America, not, not, no, you're not, you're not looking There's good stuff there as well, I'm sure. But yeah, I'm, I, there's epic stuff that's come from the UK. So if you come to the UK, then I guess you're going to try and make sure you go to Liverpool. So 100%. you can see where it all started with, with the Beatles. And for anyone who is interested, they should hop onto YouTube because you could look up, um, it, you sang Blackbird by the Beatles, uh, and look up on YouTube for, for Thunderstorm Artist's performance on The Voice because it's an epic performance, well worth having a look at that. Right, okay, so we haven't got a lot of time left, but there are so many questions that I would still like to ask you, but I guess one of the important ones right, right now is, so next year you're hoping to come to the UK, you haven't got a date set for that yet, so if people want to find out when that might be happening, where do people go? And in fact, I suppose for the listeners in the States, or actually seeing as you've got an Australian wife, our Australian listeners as well, tell us when you're going to be in these different areas. Well, I'm hoping to actually come out to Australia early next year. I'm hoping to get into UK for sure. And I'm not entirely sure like how many areas in the UK I'll be in, but definitely want to make that happen. But if you want to be able to get that announcement um, first, the best place to go is to my Instagram, Thunderstorm Artiste, or to my website, thunderstormartiste.com. Pretty simple, pretty easy, straightforward, and we'll post it on there because I'm just absolutely vivid about hopefully visiting someday. Sweet. And Artis is A-R-T-I-S. Artis. Yep. Great. Just okay. like art is. Yes, it is. Art is. I hadn't thought of it like that. Well, that is very cool. Um, so, all right. And musically at the moment, what sort of phase are you at? Are you, are you busy writing? Are you recording? Um, touring a bit? What's what, what's going on? Yes, yeah, so I'm just finished a 
a load of tours. Um, if you know the group called Train, I was just on tour with them for about three months. And then Jack Johnson, I was just on tour with him. We played a, a bunch of venues here. And then I just sat in with um, this band called the Zach Brown Band about two nights ago. But releasing a lot of new music, releasing a lot of new things, always writing. I think that's important. I think writing is a way of life for my craft. Um, but yeah, also right now, though, I'm on a little hiatus. I'm taking some time off. I've been working this entire year. But anyone with family understands it's important to have quality time with your wife and with your kid. And I don't want to miss all of his life. Um, and so I'm taking about two months off to just be home and to be present with him. Oh, well, that's, that's great. And I'm sorry that we've interrupted that two months off as well by, by ah, getting on for this interview. What's the thing that God has most taught you through you having a son? Wow. Like everything you do really matters. Um, it really shows me just the, um, the purpose. I get to be that godly image for him. You know what I mean? When when he looks at me, I want to be that example of how how you treat how you treat a woman, how you treat strangers, how you treat people who don't have anything, how you treat people who have everything. Um, it has taught me that, like you know what I mean? Like everything I say, the way that I carry myself has a purpose and it has a meaning. And this kid, man, I get to. I get to help him and he relies on me. You know what I mean? You get to, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's so surreal. It puts my whole life into perspective. I mean, if there's any other first time parents, you know what I'm talking about? You know, it's like you, you go party, you go do all these different things. But when you have a kid, it's like everything goes from just this vision all the way out here to this tunnel vision of like, Hey, everything needs to matter when I'm away and I'm on the road, it needs to matter. Um, and I think that's important has made my life better. And, I can't wait. I mean, he's just at the phase where he's smiling, he's making noises, and he's realizing that I can't give him the substance that his mother can, but he still loves me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I can't wait until, um, I mean, I'm able to just teach him about the basic things in life. Okay. And if there was one hope you've got for him, what, what would be your key hope? Not allowed to say becoming a Christian. I, I that's taken as read. So, but maybe, maybe you know, lots of people want their kids to be astronauts, or maybe they don't want their kids to be astronauts. You know, it depends upon how you feel about astronauts, I guess. What What would you have as a key hope? Uh, I want to say this. I love astronauts. I freaking love space. But um, I would say <laughs> my biggest hope. This is kind of cliche, but it's to be better than me. Um, and that's as something that my parents wish for me for them. And that's something that I want to wish for him is that he can do everything that I have done and better and that I would be learning from him by the time he is 10 or 12. And I can just be learning and constantly. I just I, I can't wait to see this kid just soar and just be the best version of himself that he can be. Um, but what else I wanted to be? I definitely want to see him in the sports. It'd be really cool to see him, you know, play some American football or some actual, you know, football. <laughs> some real some real football. Yeah, some yeah. Real. <laughs> soccer, 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 yeah, yeah. soccer. No, if, I mean that's that's my hope. If I go to the UK to actually catch a real game, it would be really sick, man. I've been watching some on TV, and I play a lot of FIFA, um, and so I was like, man, it'd be really so. Which cool. which team do you pick when you play FIFA? Paris Saint Germain. As well, that's why. I, you, I can be swayed. I can be swayed. I can be. Swayed. I, can be I did ask you. You're honest about it. Yeah, yeah, you. You could you you could have picked a, a a team from the UK and you didn't and I've got to respect you because it's good that someone has chosen to play. My brother uses my brother uses Liverpool as his team. Like I was like, okay, that's uh, good. Okay, well, I, I do kick his butt, but it's fine. You know? 
<laughs> so it's like when I, when I when I play FIFA, if I, which I don't anymore, but if I did, if, when I was last playing football games on everything, I always chose to play Brazil. So um, mainly because I like the fact they took their tops off and underneath their tops they had Jesus T-shirts on. So that was that was sweet. Okay, enough enough of football though, because I know it's a divisive subject for some of our listeners. I, I tend to avoid sports topic conversations, but that would be a cool thing to see your son do. And I remember when when it got to the stage that my kids could do some sort of. Like my daughter suddenly could do loads of gymnastics that I couldn't possibly do, and um, my son could like run faster than me. Like you go, wow! You know, isn't it amazing how suddenly they all these different abilities come out of them? So, and uh, and it's exciting yeah. to even be able to do things like you said that uh, things that I can't do that they can do. So, it's cool. Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM artist interview. I'm always interested when it comes to the Bible in finding out about people's favorite characters what's the sort of character you're not allowed to choose david i'm afraid david is off limits because otherwise every singer would choose him so your favorite character or story from the bible and why oh man there's there's a couple um i really love the story of joseph um not joseph and mary but joseph with all the brothers and just when he was i always resonated just watching uh, reading that i was watching when i was a kid reading that story about him just you know the father giving that favor on him and then watching just how his life just changed, you know what I mean? Then when he came up with this place of power where he had the chance to really, you know, kind of just, you know, treat his brothers and his family like nothing. He chose to offer them grace and love instead. And I was just always just like, wow, man, like it was just such a beautiful analogy just in the sense of like, man, like you didn't have to do this. Like, you know what I mean? They didn't even recognize you. You could have just, you know, like, you know what, like frick, like these guys don't deserve Law of these guys don't deserve forgiveness. You know what they did to me, what they thought was going to happen to me. Um, and so that story always impacted me. The other one is definitely, it's kind of cliche, it's definitely Paul. Um, Paul's story always um, really, really touched me. Just, I mean, going from just being, you know, the Christian killer to, you know, being one of the strongest forces for as a person in the Bible, I think. But one of the other beautiful things is that man never saw. I didn't realize this until quite a few years later. Um, he never really got to saw the the overflowing of the work that he began, if that makes sense. Like he got to minister to all of these people, all these churches and whatnot. And then I remember the story is like right before he's, you know, about to be beheaded and this man seeks him out, right? Just goes and finds him like in this prison. And I can't help but wonder if Paul's even like wondering like, man, have these people heard my words? Have these people really listened to what like God has been speaking to me? Have I really done these things? And this man came and, and just shared all that. And it just reminded me that like, you know what I mean? Like we're all trying, like what you're doing here on this radio, what I'm doing out here in this world is like, we're not already going to see that fruit. Sometimes we just get to be the person that plants the seed and someone else is going to be able to harvest that. But we get to be, we get to be that for that, but not not to go in looking for that. The purpose is not for us to see the fruit. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Um, Paul really set that example. That was at least an analogy that I got out of his story, which is that um, Paul put a lot of work in. He planted a lot of amazing seeds that as we read his books, like Acts, Romans, and like everything, man, it's like, these are books that speak into our life that is amazing, but this is not something that this man foresaw. Um, And so that was just, sorry for kind of oversharing, but that's something that always impacted me. It's just like, don't always expect to see the fruit from the work that you're doing now, because God is going to have someone else use that as a beautiful ministry. So just go out and keep sowing, keep planning, and just hopefully that one day you get to be 
I mean, part of the reason that someone comes to know Christ and comes to know that love. Wow. What encouragement. You're totally right. Get out there, carry on doing the thing that God's given you to do and plant seeds. And you just never know when uh, actually those seeds will come to fruition. You may never ever see it, but uh, actually being faithful, just getting on doing it uh, brings lots of fruit uh, in due course. Thank you very much, Artis, for sharing that. Not a problem, brother. So we've got time for one more song from you. Uh, and the song you want to, to play for us, I believe, is called Stronger. Tell us yeah. all about Stronger. Stronger, man, is, ah, and I, I love this song. I love it so much. And it's been so cool. It's been so cool to see God's favor over this. And it's been so cool to see how it's worked in my life and other people's lives. Um, this song, Stronger, is really about a personal journey for me. Um, being in the music industry is a very tough place and a very tempting place. Um, but one thing my mother always wanted for me was just to be able to stay strong and to to constantly, you know, use God as my compass so that I know what's right and what's wrong. And so this song is really about um, just like, you know, not giving up and understanding that like, you know, like, hey, God, like I need your strength. I'm just going to keep on getting stronger. So it starts off with like mom always said that I was meant to be a light in the darkness, but lately I feel like a candle without a flame. Um, but it's just like what she's asking is, you know, just keep on getting stronger, keep on getting wiser, um, and don't give in to like the voices inside of your head. You know, you just have to overcome these things and understand that like, you know, there's a higher calling, there's a higher purpose and just to stay focused. And so that's what this song is about, but it's been beautiful to see a lot of people using it on social media for their personal journeys. It was a video that I saw with a baptism. There was a video I saw with someone going through a really life altering surgery and like their kid not knowing they're gonna live. And it's been really cool to just see how people have taken this and made it a part of their story and their testimony. And then I had the opportunity of having this on a TV show called Grey's Anatomy, which was life changing and riveting. But um, this song, I mean, I love it so much and I really hope that it's able to speak to other people on their personal journey. And she said, keep on getting stronger, keep on getting wiser, my dear. Don't give in to the forces, don't succumb to your fear. Oh, mama, I pray, oh, I pray that I'll stay strong. And that was Stronger by Thunderstorm Artiste. And I just want to say thank you to Thunderstorm for sparing time to be with us today on the Artist Interview. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And I'd recommend you maybe get along to your favourite streaming platform and go and have a listen to more of his tracks because they are very, very good. And, you know, if there are other things you're thinking about, oh, what, what about this artist, that artist? We have got a very large back catalogue of podcasts for you to listen to. Just go to your favourite platform and search up the Artist Interview. And there, hopefully, you'll find uh, the stories of many other great artists and their music as well it's been great having you with me i look forward to you joining me on the next episode of the artist interview god bless you bye bye